Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. The title of this series is The Peace Within. And the title of this message is gonna be Walking in Peace. Now, um, one thing about peace, some people, they think about peace is, man, there's nothing wrong going on. Everything is good. Everything is perfect. Ain't got nothing going on wrong. Um, and actually, I looked up the definition, the regular definition of peace, just peace is freedom from disturbance and tranquility. That just sounds nice. does. Nothing's going wrong, all wrong. I'm good. Everything is perfect in my life. I'm at peace. Then trouble comes. Peace gone. That's not the type of peace that we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about the peace that comes from God. All right, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. I thank you for this time, Lord God. I thank you for everyone that is here. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us um, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I thank you that the eyes of our understanding are being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling, what the exceeding greatness of your power toward us. Lord God, we thank you for wisdom. We thank you for understanding, Lord. We thank you, God, even now that each and every one of us will be spoken to by your spirit, Lord God and we will be changed forever for the better. It's in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Peace is having a personal relationship with Jesus and allowing his presence or word to supersede everything else. Heard a great man say, I'm sure all of you heard it, peace is not the absence of trouble, but it's the presence of God. And as a matter of fact, that's when you need peace the most. When everything is going good, just on a regular, things should be peaceful. What about when things aren't going good? What about when problems arise in any area of your life? Your body is not functioning the way God has created it to function. Finances aren't lining up with the quote unquote bills you have. Kids, grandkids, neighbors' kids trying to get on your nerves. Then what do you do? When a sense of depression constantly thoughts are just talking inside your head that you're not going to make it, what do we do? What do we do? We look to the Word. We look to God. 
To have peace, you must know the one who is and who gives peace. Let's go to John chapter 16, verse 33. In the King James Version, it reads, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he was talking to them about, you know what? I'm going away. Y'all not going to see me. And he was talking kind of in parables. They weren't understanding. Then he finally just laid it out for them plainly. I'm going away. I'm going to be gone. And y'all not going to see me anymore. But I still got you. Peace is in God's plan for our life. In Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on, on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So God says he'll keep us in perfect peace is our mind stays on him. That's a New Testament scripture. How does this take place? Because he gave us himself. If we go to Ephesians chapter 2, and start at verse 10, I'm going to read through 16. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in, times past, in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Wow, bad shape. But now in Christ, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. Christ is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Circumcision, uncircumcision. The Jew and the Gentile. Once upon a time, separated. Once upon a time, people of God, heathens. Now, because of Jesus, all one. And on top of that, he said, he is our peace. He is our peace. So we don't have to walk around. Michael, myself, I don't have to walk around in my own peace. I walk in his peace. And that's a that's a perfect thing that he gave us his peace. Because one thing God is that Michael in his own mind, talking about, about myself in the third person, I in my own mind, I don't know, that, I don't know everything. He does, and he gave us his peace. So when the circumstances don't look conducive to my mind, my train of thought, how I'm thinking, guess what? He said, Mike, you can have peace about that because it's going to be taken care of. Only thing you got to do is you got to keep walking. 
The victory, you'll walk right into it. The manifestation, you'll walk right into it. Now, there are some things that you got to do in order to see that manifestation in your life, but I provided it for you. Sometimes if I look at a situation in my own eyes, I'm only seeing part of the picture. If I ask my wife to look at it, she can add input. It's like, oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah, because she's seeing things that I don't see. If I call a friend and ask, we can get even a broader picture in which I was just looking like this, now it's beginning to get wider and wider with everyone that's taking a look at that same situation. It's like different, you're at different places on the same hill. You're seeing different perspectives from the same, same thing. But from your viewpoint, you're not seeing it the way everybody else is seeing it. Well, God sees it all at the same time. And he said, you have peace. I've given you my peace. Because regardless of that mountain, that hill, whatever that situation is, I have given you victory. As a matter of fact, I've already declared you victorious. So you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to be concerned about it. Okay, God, but what do I do? Lean on me. Trust me. Ask me. Listen for me to give you the instructions and then be obedient in that. Amen? Amen. Having abolished in his flesh, at verse 15, the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain or two one new man so making peace and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby. In John chapter 14 verse 27 he said it made it real plain Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now there's a couple of things. He say, I'm giving you my peace. I don't give like the world give, with strings attached, based on certain circumstances. He just said, I give it to you. It's given. Not, you got to be nice to me. You got to be my friend. Or else I'm not going to give you anything. No, he said, I give it to you. Freely. Freely give it to you. But there's a part at the end that he says, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. If he's telling us not to let our hearts be troubled, that means we have control over that. Amen. I'm so afraid I don't know what to do. Don't be afraid. I can't help it. According to Jesus, you can. Amen. Well, isn't that what it says? Yeah. It says, let not your heart be troubled, which means we got a choice. Yeah. We have a choice. Yeah. 
You know, everything in God, we have a choice. He gives us all these blessings. We have a choice to partake or not to partake. He gives us the ability to know him. And we can choose to receive salvation or we can choose not to. You say, oh, no, that's not true. There's certain people God has already chosen. So basically what you're saying, God going to make you serve him. If I already chose you, I'm going to make you do it. If I already chose you, I'm going to make you do it, which means you have no choice, which means that takes away love. Because if you love him, you choose him. If you if you're programmed for him, you're a robot. You're a computer. You're a machine. That's just like, take my wife for example. If my approach to her would have been, hey, Shalita, you're going to marry me. No, no. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> She ain't got no choice in the matter, you know, and I got a gun just in case. <laughs> oh, you trying to go? No, I don't think you're going to go nowhere. I don't think you're going to go nowhere. What choice does she have? That's not love. It's, it's not. Don't pull a gun on somebody. I love you. I want to marry you, and you go marry me. No, that's you're being possessive. That's crazy. People get locked up for stuff like that. They do. But God says, no. That's not who he is. But getting back to, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have a choice to choose fear or to not choose fear. Have you ever... You know, things are just going along, and then you get some news. It's bad news. And you ever, you, Paul, you didn't say anything, and you could sense that fear was like right next to you, ready to pounce as soon as you said the wrong thing. I got a phone call once. And it was bad news. Person that was very close to me, um, health issues, bad, very bad news. And to be honest with you, I had cell phone in my right hand, and I could literally feel fear right brushed up against my left arm. I didn't say anything. But I could see it was right there. And if I had said the wrong thing, it was like it would have jumped on me. That's the way it felt. I said, oh, well, we know better than that because this is what the word says. And it went away. I had an opportunity right there to let my heart be troubled to accept being afraid 
because the feelings was inside. You know, I felt it. I felt that. But I could sense that. And sometimes we speak when we feel like, and then all of this rushes in. Fear just rushes in. And then you have all of these thoughts, and it's like, oh, there's a whirlwind going on in my head. Like, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? What are they going to do? Oh, no. And you're thinking the worst. God says, don't do that. Don't do that. With all that being said, we're going to come back to the let not, though. All right. Um, Jesus is our example about walking in peace. First, he told us he is our peace. Then he's going to show us how he walks in peace. He gives us some examples. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. It says, and the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep, on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest, not, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? There's a whole lot going on there. A whole lot going on. But the first thing, very first thing is, he said, paraphrasing, we're going to get in this ship and go to the other side. So Jesus has spoken. What did he say? We're going to get in the ship. We're going to go to the other side. Jesus has so much confidence and so much peace within the words that he spoke that he went to the back of the ship with that pillow and he went to sleep. On the other hand, the disciples was in the ship. They looked at the wind. They looked at the water. And they was like, oh, no. We're going to die. Because when they woke up, Jesus, what did they say? You don't care that we're going to die? So that's what they were thinking. We're going to die. So Jesus had peace within himself that the words that he said he was going to see come to pass. They had faith or fear in this storm going to take all us out. 
So when Jesus arose and he said, peace be still, why did he do it? Did he do it for him? Or did he do it for them? He did it for them. The reason why he did it for them is he had already said what was going to happen. And it didn't bother him at all because there was a storm taking place. It didn't bother him one bit. As a matter of fact, he didn't consider the storm. How could he consider the storm when he was taking a nap? Was he having a nightmare about the storm? Did he jump out of his sleep? Oh, you know what? This storm, you, I'm wet. It don't look like things are going to turn out the way I said it was, so I'm going to have to come up with something different. No. He was asleep. And I believe if they hadn't bothered him, he would have stayed asleep till they got to the other side. All of them. But the thing is, he calmed the storm for their sakes. He did it for them. I digged into this because I wanted to die. At this point, I was like, what is going on? What is going on? In verse 39, the word peace in the original Greek, it's S-I-O-P-E. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. But that word means to silence or to mute. This is what was happening. Jesus said something, but that storm was yelling at those disciples, y'all going to die. Y'all going to die. You ain't going to make it. Y'all going to die. Your circumstances never talk to you. I've had circumstances talk to me. Circumstances like, I don't have money to pay for this car. Well, they're going to come take it. You're going to be at Walmart, you're going to be shopping, and then you're going to come out and it's going to be gone. Y'all going to be at a restaurant. You'll be out there with some people. You're going to come back out. And as they driving away, they're going to be waving at you. They're going to be up there looking stupid. Like, I'll see y'all later. I don't know how I'm going to get home. Hey, could y'all stop? Can you get a ride before you leave? I've had situations. I've had those. I've had things talk to me. I have. What did Jesus do? He silenced the storm. He put it on mute because it was having an effect on the disciples. It was having an effect on them. And then when he talked about uh, the word be still, it's spelled P-E-F-I-M-A-S-O. However that goes. It means to muzzle. Let's put a muzzle in it. 
Shut them up. Stop the circumstances from talking. Learned a great lesson in that. When the circumstances of life are yelling at me and they're yelling at you, you need to put some peace to it. You need to silence it. You need to put it on mute so it's not affecting you. Because as you listen to the circumstances, I'm going to tell you what's not coming. Peace, faith, belief. Tell you what is coming. Fear, doubt, unbelief. That's what's coming. Jesus asked them, why didn't they have faith? Why didn't they trust? Trust what? Trust what he said. Why didn't they believe that they were going to make the destination? Because that's what he told them. We're going to make the destination. Pose that question. God tell you, you're going to make it. Sometimes he's like, why aren't you believing Why aren't you trusting? But it also taught taught me something else. When those things are coming, you got to mute it. You got to silence it. Because one of the things that happened was for the disciples, the circumstances had to stop talking. They had to be silenced. For Jesus, he totally disregarded it. There are certain things that you totally disregard. Things that totally you dis you it's just so far fetched from your belief system you totally disregard it. Give an example. Um, if I told Emerald, you gonna die and go to hell. <laughs> what I'm saying is she's not gonna argue back and forth with me on that one. You totally disregard it. I mean, it's just like joke out his mind. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not entertaining that at all. And no, she's not. Just for those people that are listening, it was an example. Understand, I'm not telling people, I'm not, man, that is the worst thing you could ever tell anybody ever, ever, ever. But the thing about it is there's certain things, I'm not even listening to that. That has no, that has no pull, no tug on me whatsoever. But there are some things that do. There's some things that do. See, that one you disregard. You do like Jesus did. Go in the back, get you a pillow, and go to sleep. But there are some things, they start talking to you. Oh, it's kind of like battle going on. It's trying to occupy, occupy mind space. It's trying to get in your thought life. So you have to do something with that. You have to shut that up. You have to silence that. You have to mute that. I have to say, no more, shut up, nuh-uh. But you just don't say that, you replace it with? Exactly, thank you, with the word of God. Confidence. That's what happens, that's what you do. I'm not gonna go there, but in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 31, 
had Peter. It was a situation in which he walked on water. Set the whole thing up. Jesus had sent the disciples off. He stayed back, prayed. He decided he was going to go catch up. There was a windstorm was going on. He decided, you know what, I'm catching up by walking on water. He wanted to get to where he was going quick. They thought it was a spirit, got, thought it was a ghost, got scared. <gasps> oh, no, it's just me. I'm here. Peter says, Lord, if that be you, bid me to come. That was a setup. He just sought Jesus up. Because if that's you, bid me to come, what else can Jesus say? If it's you, which it was Jesus, bid me to come. So he kind of set Jesus up, meaning if that's you, tell me to come. But Jesus went on ahead with it because it's him. He said, come on. And on that word, Peter got out the boat. He walked on the water. A lot of people give, a lot of people give Peter a bad rap. He began to look at everything else that was going on. As long as he was focused on Jesus, he walking on that water. He started focusing on things, other things, he began to sink. Like, look at that joker. He ain't got no faith at all. When was the last time you got in the water and just began to sink? Never. As soon as you get in the water, boom. <laughs> there's no, there's no, no. When you get in the water, you just submerge. As I'm looking at that, there was a couple things that I picked up. Well, that the Holy Spirit showed me. One of the things is he began to sink. So as he's beginning to sink, in the very beginning, it was probably not that noticeable if you begin to sink. In the very beginning, you just look at it, not that noticeable. But I'm going to tell you what definitely did happen immediately is that he stopped. He was no longer moving toward Jesus. He was no longer progressing. He was no longer moving to where he was supposed to be going. At this point, now he's kind of at a stance and he's sinking. It's kind of like this. You can still see him. If you're not paying attention, oh, Mike looked the same. But Mike done stopped. No more progression. He's not moving toward the things of God anymore. He's just right where he is and just sinking. Now, if you look again, take some time off, it's like, Mike, this one is like, man, something different with Mike. What's going on with him? I don't know. And at some point, if it continues, then you submerge. I don't see Mike around no more. Where you at? I don't know. Man, things look like it was going good. I ain't know what happened. He left his wife. He moved off somewhere. I don't know, I don't know nobody ever seen him, all of these things. We've heard those type of, we've heard those type of conversations before. People begin to sink. They look at the situations. Look at the situations. They're moving with God, going with God, and all of a sudden, 
Stop focusing on God, begin to look at everything else. And it began to sink. And the progression with God stops. If you have a conversation with them, conversations aren't the same. It's like, everything he was talking about was good, but there's something off. And you can't, put your, you can't put your finger on it. What is it? Begin to focus on everything else but God. And that's what happens. But that's not us. That's not going to be us. That is not going to be, that is not going to be us because we know the truth. Not only do we know the truth, but we're going to choose to do what the word says. We're going to choose to do what God says. Next couple of scriptures we're going to be talking about this is the let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself, exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You're not going to make it? Oh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm victorious. I am victorious in Christ Jesus, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. I have faith in the Son of God. I believe every word he says. He said that I, I am a winner. I am victorious. I'll not let those thoughts take up space in my head. You have to take authority over those thoughts. You're going to die with long life Will he satisfy me and show me his salvation? Death and life is in the power of my tongue, and I speak life. You take captive those thoughts. That's how you let not your heart be troubled. Because believe me, because you let not your heart be troubled, that means trouble going to try and come. Trouble going to try and come and get in your heart. This is one of the ways that you stop it. You silence it. You mute it. Like, no, nah, you don't pay rent here. You don't pay a mortgage here. You don't live here. You got to go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Say, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious means don't worry about nothing. About nothing. Don't worry about nothing. Raise your hand if your worrying has ever helped you at all. Ever helped. It just kept you busy. That's it. It has never did an ounce of help ever. It has it in my life anyway. So don't worry. It's a waste of your time. And it's killing you. 
Whatever you're worried about, you're being killed in that area. Stop doing it. Pray about it. God, this is a situation. What do I do? He give you the answer, do that. Thank him for it. You know, in a lot of cases, if you're thanking and praising God, those type situations just, you stop thinking about them. You stop thinking about them. As you come in, as you come into service and pray, and you allow yourself to let, to enter in into the praise and worship, you're not thinking about problems. Not at all. They're not even entertaining. They're not in your mind. Now, sometimes praise and worship will be going on, and you still might be the, oh, Lord, I ain't got no money, I ain't got no money to pay for this thing tomorrow. What am I going to do? <laughs> you might do that, but as, if you enter in, if you enter in, if you just begin to praise God out loud, your mind will begin to stop talking. The thoughts will just quiet down. They will. So you bring it, you bring it to God. What do I do in this situation? You're thinking and you're praising him. Silence. Mute. Muzzle. It just shuts it up. Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So how do you get strong? Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You're praying, God, strengthen me. He's saying rejoice. God, I need strength. Rejoice. Yes. If, the joy is your, if the joy of the Lord is your strength, re-up on your joy. Come on now. Come on. Go back and get some more joy. You know what? I got a big uh, of joy. No, I'm going to double back. More joy. More joy. You rejoice. You continue to build yourself up, rejoicing. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. God, I just thank you for everything that you're doing. If you're doing this, those things are just going to start to quiet down, hush. And then you're going to hear answers. As you begin to get quiet, you're going to begin to hear answers to things that you may have just even been thinking about. You haven't even voiced it. God, I thank you for everything that you've done for me. Lord, I praise you, I worship you, you're in there, you're singing, you're singing the word, and all of a sudden you get quiet, oh, you need to talk to this person, oh, you need to do this. Go there, say this to that person. Things just begin to work out, why? Because you're rejoicing, you're building yourself up, you're getting stronger. God, give me some joy. I've given you the ability to get joy by rejoicing. 
I need to be strong, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20. Want to get built up? That's how you do it. I don't want to do that. I just want somebody to lay hands on me. I'm going to go eat a whole sweet potato pie, and then I'm going to have Pastor Benjamin pray all the calories out. No, Lord. That ain't happening. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. People want folks to pray away what you have to do. Here's some wisdom. Leave the pie alone. <laughs> it's the truth. You know, it, I mean, as, as believers, there's some of the things that we're supposed to be doing that we don't want to do. It don't take all of that. According to Jesus, it does. Why we got to do all that? Because you want to be victorious. I don't think I got to do all that praising and always talking to God. You might be seeing them a lot earlier than you expected. <laughs> and you can have that conversation with him then. People, there, there, are things, there are things that we have to do. There are things that we have to do. It's all been given to us. God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's given it all to us. But we have to do our part. Have to do our part. And if we don't, and we don't see the results that we like, then we can't blame it on God. People say, you know, God can do everything. There's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that God can't do. He can do any and everything he wants to. He can't violate his word, and he won't. He said he's placed his word above his name. Praise the Lord. So even if he has the power to do any and everything that he wants to do, he's placed himself and bound himself by the word that he's given us. And sometimes we're trying to do things our way that's in contrary to his way, and when it doesn't turn out to our benefit, we're blaming him. If I go knocking at a door, just knocking, 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 knocking. Nobody comes to the door. You know, and then I see Ingrid, and I say, why you ain't open up the door for me? She said, when did you come to my house? I was like, yesterday. She's like, where did you go? I said, Newport Richie. She said, I don't live in Newport Richie. <laughs> door not going to get open. Why? Because I'm at the wrong house. 
it's your fault that the door didn't get open. It's like, you say, I'm saying it's her fault, but I'm not at her house. But that's what we do with God. We're doing things all wrong. God is your fault. What did you do? I did it my way. And you got your results. We have a good, good father. We have a savior that's, he did everything that needed to be done for us to live out this life victoriously. But we have to do it according to the way he has told us to do it. We have to do it God's way. Walking it out in God's way will bring us peace, will keep us in peace. Walking in peace is walking in the way God would have us do things. And you will see victory in your life. And it will be progressive. It'll start and then it'll continue and continue and you'll see more and more. But we have to do it his way. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we just come to you today and we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your great love toward us. We just thank you for your word. We thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. It brings understanding to the simple. We just praise you and thank you. Um, God, you, you know all things. You know all things. There's nothing that's hidden from your sight, Lord God. And I just come into agreement with now with everyone concerning healing. For it says, if two of you agree on earth is touching anything, it shall be done by my Father which is in heaven. So those who are believing for the manifestation of healing right now, I come in agreement with them, Lord God. For For the manifestation of finances, I come into agreement with them right now, Lord God. For the manifestation of your peace, Lord God, I thank you that the word has been given, Lord God. They receive it, they walk into it, they walk in it. And I come into agreement with them also in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you and we praise you for this day, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.